Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey. Bonjour. Uh, comment allez-vous? I don't know. Uh, uh, how are you? Uh, baguette. <laughs> Fromage. S'il vous plaît. Oui, oui. I would love, like, you know when, like, Serena and Blair would, like, just fly to Paris for, like, a summer? Yeah. That's what I feel like we're doing. I'm so excited. You know what's literally wild? Mm -hmm. They were, like, 17. Like, going to clubs, doing weird stuff, backstabbing people. Like, I was, like, I was 17. I literally was obsessed with One Direction. I had a shrine in my room. I made a video about this one time on TikTok, and I was, like, Gossip Girl is so unrealistic because they go to like burlesque speakeasy strip clubs and they're literally 16 years old. Yeah. I think like in the grade that they are portrayed to be in the show, they're like 15. They're supposed to be 15. The actors are like 35, but yeah. in the show, they're like 15. And I am just like, what the heck? And I made a video about it and I got all these comments being like, well, you clearly don't understand what like being old money is in New York. Like if you have connections and if you went to that school that Gossip Girl is based on, like you get it anywhere. Like, I simply like, don't I agree. did it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I don't agree. Like, I know, I know, like in person, people like that, and like that's so not their experience. You know what I mean? Because I feel like at least, well, I grew up in Florida, but like in high school when I was seventeen, I don't know what we were doing. Like, not in like a bad way, but like we were probably like like watching. I mean, I was TV. on Wattpad like ninety percent no, of the literally, time. Like, let alone, I was a fan fiction girl. Yeah. Like, I was so innocent in high school that like I can't even fathom. Like, I watched like. Gossip Girl, 90210, 
um, One Tree Hill. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Y'all have been in like four relationships. I didn't have my first kiss yet and I'm 17. What are y'all doing? Yeah. Then I realized a lot of things. <laughs> Cray. Um, guys, we literally shopped all day long today and we got dresses and we got pants and we got tops and that's usually what you get when you go shop but it was really really fun and we are leaving like less than 24 hours for our Paris trip but I feel like we have nothing done like we still have to plan like the entire thing we have to pack (laughs) submit our travel documents yeah tan get our nails done all this stuff and it's weird because like I am starting this it probably has already been started but like for us girls that chai thigh chafing chai chafing <laughs> it is definitely it's so hard because like it's a no pants summer because we're in a heat wave and it's too hot to wear pants but we're also in a flowy dress girl summer because it's so hot that i did i just say that it's so hot that i want to wear pants but i that i don't want to wear pants i want to wear pants because it, i don't chafe with pants on but i want to wear a dress because it's hot and i'm like okay well what are you gonna do about that like exactly. i'm in a predicament and it's hard <laughs> And dresses are winning right now. My thighs are not. But, you know. It's, it's like the lot. lesser of two evils, if that makes sense. It's like the last presidency. No, just like thigh <laughs> chafing, literally. Like thigh chafing or literally like succumbing to 95 degree weather. In yeah. The of the day. Exactly. And it, oh my God, everything is just so sweaty. Like, I don't know if necessarily technically we're going through a heat wave, but I know for a fact that like Europe is going through a heat wave right now and we're about to be there tomorrow. So, yeah. I don't really know what to do. I, I don't really know what to pack. Do I pack like long shorts? Cause I do have these really nice, like long white formal, like shorts or skirts and things. But then I also have like sundresses, pants, jeans. Like it, it's really, really, cause I'm not there. And like, I can't just like step outside and see how it is. Literally. Guys, I have anxiety about airplanes. I told Sydney cause Sydney is like a very big sleeper on flights. And I was like, Sydney, I'm so sorry if I like, wake you up or like do anything like it is totally irrational and i love you and i'm not uh, trying yeah, to bother don't wake you me up. but um <laughs> i will be there in body to support but you know once i sleep i'm asleep yeah it's one of those one of those things yeah just don't be asleep when we take off okay Thanks. i'll try so hard i'm really gonna try really hard okay, but you. if you've ever met me i'm really narcoleptic okay i'm going to there's a great possibility i'm gonna like grab your arm so if it wakes you up but if it doesn't and I might not even. I might just be chill. It depends. It's like a wild card. It's like a little cute little fun guessing game. It's like, how anxious is Sarah going to be on this flight? Because I fly like semi-often, like not that often at all, actually. But when I do, it's either like a give or take. Like I'll either be like wide awake, like I can't sleep, or I'll be like um, very chill, very casual. I don't really know. We'll see. Um, but we're so excited about Paris. We're going to – it's mostly like a – historical kind of like culture um trip like we really just do want to experience like Parisian culture and like we want to eat the food and drink the wine and see the museums see the sites whatever like do all the touristy things not so much like it's not really like a party trip um so that's what's making me like really excited because I feel like it's a great way to like finish off our college years if that makes sense so it's like I graduated everything on paper and now I can like actually go and experience something new because the semester that Cindy and I were supposed to travel abroad, I don't know if you guys remember, we talked about this last season, but we were supposed to go to London together because that's where like the communications program was best in NYU, like study abroad program. And then we couldn't because of the pandemic. So this is really cool that we get to do this at least for like two weeks. Yeah, this is, for me, this is like my last trip of freedom before law school. Yeah. How do you feel about um, law school? 
I'm like trying not to pre-stress, but mm-hmm. everyone around me is stressing, which is making me stress. I just know that like, I've already accepted that like for the next year or so, I'm going to have no social life. I'm not going to hang out with many people. I'm not going to leave the library. That's just it. It is what it is. So I've accepted that. I'm not really like, I don't really, I never get FOMO. Never get FOMO. I just don't care. <laughs> um, so I'm not really worried about that. I just hope I can like manage the stress well. I think so too. I think I can't see you not being fine. Do you know what I mean? Just cause like I know the person you are and like I know you're just very like dedicated and like I feel like you're gonna be totally okay. Yeah, cause of COVID, I feel like adulthood is like a brick. Like taxes, rent, bills. groceries, bills, bills, bills. Can't What's that song about bills? Phone bills? Can't pay my That's it. Um, all right, so we got this Instagram DM on the crying in public account. That we thought was really interesting because last episode we were like, reach out if you want us to do an episode on anything. And this one DM really pulled us in. And the question was, how do you deal with being alone? And we know in the context that the listener meant it, it was like, oh, like, how do you deal with being alone, like, relationship wise, which I think is also very important. But I think we're gonna attack this, like, how to deal with being alone, like, in terms of, Friends, being an adult, um, and even if you're not an adult, just like being alone in general, FOMO. Um, Relationships too. Relationships, like yeah, that yeah. is just as important for sure. But also like being away from your family, like things like that. I feel like being single slash being alone in terms of relationship is probably what is most like painful or most or hardest to deal with, I would say, in comparison to like friends and family, which could be wrong. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I would say there was a time where I would have, like, disagreed with you, but right now, yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with getting older. Like, being an only child, um, it was very more for me, like, family and friend-centered. Like, like any anxiety that I had would probably be because of, like, a fight that my parents and I got into or, like, my friends and I got into. Um, even, like, in college and, like, high school. Like, I'm not just talking about, like, my childhood. Um... But yeah, that definitely differs for everyone for sure. And I know that like now being in a two-year relationship, it's like if I, if my boyfriend and I are in a fight, even though we are long distance, he's such a prominent part of my life that I would be directly affected by that long-term. Yeah. You know, like I would have anxiety, I would yeah. cry, I would like be out of sorts. Cause like I'm one of four kids and I feel like growing up in that kind of household made me super independent. So like in terms of like in college, like I saw my family like once a year and didn't care. I mean, obviously like, I missed them, but like I never got anxiety about missing them or anything like that. And like, I don't, do we fight? Maybe in person, but we don't want to really talk enough to fight. But, and then, like, in terms of friends, I feel like my outlook on friendships has been very consistent. And so I'm never going to, like, stress. Like, I, we talked about this in another episode, so we'll not get into that now. Yeah. But I do think for me in terms of, like, I think it's, it's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm-hmm. But I would say in both of those instances, being alone or lonely in a relationship has affected me, like, hardest out of any of, like, other contexts. Talk to me about that. Really dive into that right now. Really dive into the second fact You really just spill your guts. Um, okay, so first I'll start with the difference between being alone and being lonely. Because I think being alone is more in the literal sense of like, I do not have a partner or I'm not in a relationship or there seems to be like a whole, like I'm uh, independent, I would say. It was more like how it'd be like being alone. You are very independent as a person. I feel like being lonely is like the aching, the pain side of it where like I feel like something is missing in my life because I obviously do not think that you need to have a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a partner. Did I say partner? A partner, a girlfriend, a partner. No, a partner. 
um, a significant other. I think you did, other. but that was funny. I was trying to be synonyms. <laughs> a significant other to make yourself feel whole. I don't think that whatsoever, but I feel like after you have like your first or second love or like your quote unquote big love and you're young, it feels like being in a relationship or feels like your partner is your entire world because mm-hmm. that's our perception of the world at the moment. Like, like you said, like after graduating, while you're, when you're in college, your whole life is who am I dating? Who are my friends? And what are my grades? Like, you know, that's all you're thinking of. But that's like, a great way to put it. Once you graduate, your perception of the world changes. Suddenly you have bills, you have taxes, you have politics. Policies affect you, healthcare, uh, relationships, Benefits, kids, Benefits, and like your job friends. affects you way more. Like your perception of what matters in the world shifts so much because it's not just about, oh, I want to get A on this test. It's about how I'm going to keep myself happy, how I'm going to keep myself supported, how I'm going to stay alive, honestly, at some points because, you know, I forget to eat and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> so your, your perception of what's important and like what's central to your life changes to the point where like, a lot of people prefer to be single in their 20s or in their early 30s just because there's so much, so many more important things than just having someone to be, like, your partner, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say that there's a very clear difference between being alone and being lonely. And in this context, I think we're more giving advice on how to not feel lonely while being alone because you can't control if you're alone or not. But you can control how you feel about those feelings of anxiety, how you feel about feeling things missing in your life, or how to make yourself feel whole by being just by yourself Mm. yeah I think um in terms of like relationships I remember thinking that like my first boyfriend was my entire universe in the way where my parents and my friends almost didn't matter at all plot twist that's not healthy so (laughs) just keep that in the back of your minds while I talk about this but my first really serious relationship was in college and I have never had really like a long-term boyfriend or friends before because I'm a military child. So we never were in the same place for more than three years. And so when I was dating someone, it was kind of a romantic closeness that I was so unused to. And I thought it's a priority over literally everything else. So being alone, even physically made me feel like that person didn't care about me. Obviously I have a very different perspective now being in a long-term relationship long distance relationship but I would have to say to like Cindy's point of being like lonely versus alone is like one is can be an extremely positive good thing and especially like as an extrovert I've had to learn that being alone is very necessary and I thrive off of other people's energy including my romantic partner including my friends including my family like I love being around people and I don't necessarily like to sit alone with my own thoughts literally ask Sydney even when I go in the shower I have to take my tv with me because I she leaves me to a laptop I'm like girl it's yeah. okay because <laughs> I can't do it I really can't um but that is definitely something especially after college that I felt like I've had to tackle is like it is okay to be alone that does not mean that you are lonely that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there in the world who don't care about you like my boyfriend is in Pittsburgh and he is still just as in love with me as he was when we were FaceTiming like Cindy is in the next room just because we're not talking doesn't mean that she's mad at me just because my mom hasn't called me in like a day doesn't mean that she thinks any less of me or that she thinks I'm like doing you know like dealing cocaine in the bathroom like you know what I mean and I think that it that's developed over like a childhood of never having a constant but and I know there are lots of people out like out there like that, whether or not you're a military brat, whether you're like just that kind of extroverted person, or if you have like an anxious attachment style, anything like that. 
would just have to say, like, literally refer to Sydney's explanation of being alone versus lonely because it's so true. And being alone can be one of the best things you can do for yourself. Being calm, finding peace with yourself. Because really, if you don't have that true kind of peace and acceptance and love of yourself, how are you ever going to be able to share that truly and healthily with other people? Yeah. Because. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just so dead because I ran to the bathroom to blow my nose. Welcome for that update. And all I heard was Sarah, yeah, dealing cocaine. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. But yeah, I would say sort of the same when it comes to relationships. Like, I had a boyfriend in high school, whatever. And then... <laughs> what? Whatever. Whatever, not even worth talking about. Yeah, literally. And then I had a long-term-ish boyfriend in college like on and off for four years and I got so emotionally invested in like what this person thought of me because in my head you see all these movies and like if you're like me I love reading books I love reading romance novels I love reading fan fiction and stuff like that and my perception of love was like someone had to be obsessed with you like you had to be their entire world and like I had convince myself that like every person has a person out there i need to find my person you know like i need to do it fast like i need to be married by 25 all this stuff or literally 22 <laughs> why are we talking about like why are we worrying about who we're marrying like well you know why we would know ourselves at this my point. mom got married when she was 21 
So yeah, she got married, like, she mom. was my age when she got married. But we're in so such a different generation, I feel like. Absolutely. So you, obviously, like, we are going to feel that pressure, but we do have to remember that it is a different time, as much as, like, our parents are like, we're wiser than you think, which is totally true. It is a different time, and, like, we don't have to follow in their footsteps exactly. Yeah. We can be our we own even people. know ourselves at this point, you know? Right. And, like, some people are lucky to find their person, like, young, but it's just not And we're not judging reality. you either, but, yeah. Yeah. Those people are so lucky to find their person. Like, no, mm-hmm. everyone's not lucky, though. And I think we have a pressure to, like, find the one by the time that we're 21. Oh, that rhymed. But. <laughs> Dr. Seuss? <sighs> Literally. Um, <laughs> oh, the places you'll go. But I found that, like, I just became obsessed with the idea of, like, what's wrong with me? That this person, like, doesn't find me, like, whatever. Like, doesn't want to always be with me and all this stuff. And, like, it made me feel so worthless and so unvalued and so alone. And I put all of that blame onto the other person. But then I realized that this has come after, like, years of dealing with, like, heartbreak and betrayal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm never going to be happy in a relationship or find, quote, unquote, the one which I don't believe in unless I am happy and feel whole being alone. Because if I am dependent on another person for my happiness, for my security, for even like my emotional safety, for financial reasons, as long as I'm dependent on someone for any of that stuff, I'm never going to be happy. Because you can't you can't seek wholeness in someone else. You know, like that's something you can only get from yourself. It's not something you wake up feeling, you know, like that stuff takes work. And I feel like that's what's so important about having that time. I think it's so important to be alone in your 20s just because I feel like you're doing so much development in terms of like who you are as a person, your personality, your values, your beliefs. Like thinking about people, things you believed when you were in high school are completely different than what I believe now, you know, because you learn things, you have life experiences and all those experiences inform who you are. And I feel like when you are alone and when you have time to figure out who you are on your own terms and you feel whole in that person, you feel loved by yourself, you feel secure, you feel worthy only then and only then can you fully be in a relationship with someone else and bring something to the table that's equal and that's healthy because if you're ever relying on someone else something like that you're never going to feel whole because they can't give you what you're seeking you know i will say this and this is like getting a little serious oh my god are we being serious stop it are we getting dark no kidding but i feel like especially if you have trauma as well being by yourself and being alone in terms of like loving yourself and like finding that kind of like peace and acceptance Everybody has different kinds of trauma, but I know it was really important for me to have that um, state of mind where I wasn't necessarily always relying on someone else, friend, family, or otherwise, and that is extremely important. Like, obviously, that's not everybody's experience, but I'm just saying I can only speak for myself, and that was really, really helpful for me. It's like a very long time after I went through what I went through, like, my freshman year of college, being alone like forcing myself to just be together with my own thoughts was detriment like inter detrimental integral 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 to my progress what do you think i would say the same i just feel like growth number one growth isn't linear but two like things that might seem either a minuscule or be like life ending like all of those things inform who you're going to be in the future so I think that's one way also to deal with like, like a lot of my sense of like unworthiness came from traumatic experiences and I've, it's taken so long for me to realize I can't change those experiences, but I can change how I view how they affected my life. It's like, for me, a lot of that was like finding worth out, like outside of that, you know? So I agree, like doing that work, which 
really honestly is work. I feel like it doesn't even just affect relationships. It affects friendships. It affects how you view your family and stuff like that. Because especially with friends, I feel like we're in this weird culture where like, I don't know if it's because of social media or because of movies. Like, it is okay to not have 45 friends. Yo, I will see these TikToks and people <laughs> going like, oh my God, you and my friends are going to brunch and it's like a A party. And I'm just like, and where do you find all these people? To be? Like, oh my gosh, that's like 45 people. Or like they're bridesmaids. It 90 people. They have like 15 brides. I'm like, girl, you like 15 girls? Like not much to have them in your brides. That's crazy. <laughs> like I've always been like a very firm believer of quality mm-hmm. over quantity because I'd rather have two friends that mean the world to me than have 15 friends who couldn't tell you my middle name, you know? Absolutely. Oh, I feel that so much. I was just about to go there and then you went there and like you said it so perfectly. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I feel like with friends, it is a very specific kind of attachment situation that is very different from being romantic. One thing I will say is that you need to surround yourself with people, especially in terms of being alone, where you feel like it's okay to be alone. Like, you know, the best friends that I've ever had are the ones where like you can go months without talking and pick up right on the same page three months later, know that nothing's changed. It's it's so secure, you know? And I've had to learn that in like my long distance relationship, but also specifically with my friends because like obviously Sydney and Chance are some of like my best friends in the world, but back home I have a lot of friends as well. And I've had to really learn that just because you are not texting, calling with each other every day, every week, every month even, that... People have their own shit going on. You are not directly in their line of sight. So they're not always going to think about you. People put themselves first. And like, I think I definitely had to learn that. Like one of my friends moved to Miami. A lot of my friends are back in Philadelphia. And like sometimes, and I'm a Leo. So I think everything's about me, main character syndrome. But I'm like, oh, if they're not texting me, they have beef. They have personal beef with me. And like, that's so not true. People have their own shit that like you might not even know about or might not even be very apparent. But it is extremely important to recognize that like people do think about themselves first. Like as much as like someone could be your best friend in the wide world, people are going to put themselves first. And I think the sooner you realize that, and I know that like as soon as I realized that I was less passive aggressive, I had less like tension in myself with like my friends from back home, for example, like I was just like felt less hurt and it made me overall a happier person. Cause I know Cindy and I both left our hometowns to come to college. So like, how do you feel about that with your friends from back home? I think that's a little different because I came from not a small town. It's a very, very big, very small town. Um, <laughs> I went to school with the same kids when I was three years old, like pre-kindergarten, to graduation, like of high school. So all of my friends I had known for like literally 16 years were the time I graduated. So like we had literally grown up together, like we had done life together. So I feel like that kind of bonds you for a very long time. Because we had grown up together, there's a level of understanding there that I feel like sometimes can be missing in an adult friendship because you meet them at a point in your life they don't know all of the stuff that had happened before that made you that person. So, like, you have to go through the whole thing of, like, telling them and, like, opening up and, like, blah, 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 whatever. But, um, so I feel like my friendship with my friends back home and my friends here are very different just because, like, my friends that I know now have been with me through like obviously a lot of trauma that I'd gone through in college so they know that side of me and how like that's affected me and friends from home know stuff that happened to me when I was like a kid and how that affected me so I feel like they not know two Sydneys but they know the same Sydney and form like two different like things that had happened you know like that affects your perception of people and like how you interact with them how you understand them how you how they communicate etc so I feel like you do have to like like Sarah said we talk about this all the time people don't care 
they really don't. We live in a very selfish world. Mm. People care about themselves and themselves only. So, like, even, like, walking down the street, you're probably like, oh, my God, like, does my hair look weird? Or, like, is my, my pants look like they fit weird? No one cares. Everyone is only thinking about themselves. Like, mm. at most, they're probably like, oh, that girl looks cute. That's it. You know, like, no one's, like, sitting there writing a 40-page essay on the fit of your pants and the hemline, <laughs> you know? Well, also, just how, like, you're thinking that, like, does my hair look weird? Does my dress look weird? Everybody else is thinking that about themselves, too. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, they're not thinking about you. And, like, as harsh as that might sound, we really do mean it to be comforting. Yeah. Just because, like, we spend so... And that's helped me a lot, too, that we just spend so much time worried about mm-hmm. others' perception of us when no one's even thinking about us. You know? Yeah. Low-key. So, um... Especially in the world of content creation. Ooh. Yeah. And you're, like, even... Uh, this is very, like, niche, but... Oh, my God, my video. Did I do this right? Did it, you know, like, uh, kind of worrying over the littlest, perfectest detail of your content or your work or whatever. I swear it is not that deep. And thinking about it, like, when you watch TikTok, you usually just scroll past it anyway. No one's being like, hmm, I'm giving her a grade. I think she did this wrong, this wrong, this right. Like, no one's really putting that much thought into it because they're all just concerned about their own videos, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. And I think just having that idea in the back of my head has given me so much peace because I'm like, I I can go outside with no makeup on and her looking like crap in sweatpants. No one cares. As long as I'm comfortable and I feel great, like, that's all that matters. And ooh, has given me so much peace, saved me so much time and energy because cannot be me. What I will say, because this is kind of on topic, there is a roadblock to that uh, state of mind, at least like for me, and I obviously know you've been through this too, people in your comments. Because while, and, and it's, it is the same thing. People, when they write hate comments or when they try to like bully you on TikTok, while it seems like the end of the world to you, people being like, oh my God, you're ugly, like, blah 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 like I've been called that a gazillion times just because of my New York City TikToks like huh but like that is only like writing that hate comment took only a second of their time and then they just moved on to write the next hate comment if that makes sense like they are not truly focusing on you truly like giving all their attention to you like it is really not that deep but also when you get enough of them it can be detrimental to your mental health what do you think about that because they are the worst. Like, I know I'm mutuals with women in particular because women, let's face it, do get the most hate on TikTok who have like 4.6 million followers and they're the people everyone looks up to and they will post videos on like their friends only um, settings where they're like, this comment in particular took a huge hit to my mental health. It affected me in a way that I never thought it would. And even though it's just one person, I'm feeling like shit. And I think that is really important to know that like other people are feeling like that. But Hate comments of the world. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that? I really don't care about them. I, that's oh. a very hard <laughs> mindset to get to, just because like, but certain things have happened in my life where like a comment on TikTok doesn't mean shit to me. Like I, I cannot I cannot explain to you or put into words how much I don't care. Yeah. And it's not even like a, ugh, I'm like I'm so whatever I don't care. And it's like I don't have the mental space or the time to worry about what. Um, soccer player 443 from Connecticut <laughs> thinks about my video, you know? Soccer player 443 who's literally balding and has, like, a picture of Kermit the Frog on his profile. <laughs> like, I just don't, like, this person knows nothing about me. I'm mm-hmm. never going to see them in my life. They have no bearing on my worth, my value, or anything going on in my life. Oh, God, they hate my shoes. Okay, I'll live. I will I will live. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I let some random comment on the internet affect my, like, day-to-day, affect my happiness? Like, I, I've gotten to a point in my life where there's so many more important things happening that I could not care less about a comment. But um, <laughs> I get how that, because, like, they get it on, like, a scale that we can't even, like, we can't even perceive, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I understand that, because, like, people are, like, making comments about your personal life and things like that. But, like, on TikTok, I feel like there's not really anything on that realm. But 
I would just turn my comments off. Simple as that, you know? Yeah. Are there such easy fixes, I feel like? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm so glad that TikTok has the turn off comments filter because, yeah. But I think this opens up, like, a bigger discussion <laughs> on, like, cyberbullying and, like, how that can make you feel so alone. Because as much as, like, when you comment something like that and you think it might be funny and it is so normalized, especially on the app of the TikTok, that is a form of cyberbullying. So I think that, like, or, like, oh, this wasn't it. Oh my god, it's giving yeah. Like when you comment stuff like that, it might seem funny because other people are doing it too. But that is mom mentality. That is like a form of cyberbullying. So like, I would urge you, like, if you're one of those people, I don't blame you. Like I've been in that situation before as well. None of us are perfect. But like that is a huge driver making someone feel like so lonely. Like you are a person. Like why would you say that to me, another person? I think it is a very like. It's a very normalized thing that doesn't get enough attention I feel like like sometimes I look through someone's comment on a post and not just on TikTok like on Instagram on like literally any platform on YouTube um like gossip articles about like a television show about like how someone's hair was fucked up like it like I see that stuff and I'm like I'm just like whoa and like we're human beings like obviously we're gonna like have opinions about people like yeah. just think it you don't gotta type it like I <laughs> you think can even say it to your friends but yeah. like why would you put it out there in the world I'll be so honest it's low-key embarrassing to be a hater yeah. because yours taking time like I get if you're like talking about something and like you don't dislike it you have an opinion on it whatever mm-hmm. but it'll it's kind of embarrassing to like sit there and type out like mm-hmm, I'm gonna send that like okay <laughs> mm, what are you adding to the conversation I don't yeah. understand I don't mm. understand and, like, it's, like, one thing to, like, be, like, oh, like, if it's, like, a political thing, like, oh, your opinion's wrong, whatever, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But, like... I think politics are so different. <laughs> when you're attacking, like, someone's appearances or, like, their body type or their weight, things like or that, like, literally goodbye. Yeah. Hater. Hater. Yeah. It's, like, do you really have nothing better to do? It's just, honestly, like, other people see... As much as it is normalized, I guarantee you other people see that and they think it's pathetic. Yeah. Um... Also, I think that opens up a bigger dialogue going back to, like, friends and stuff. When it comes to those kinds of people who can, like, sit behind a screen, spout hate, whatever, I think it's also important to recognize that in, like, your social circle. Like what Cindy was saying earlier about, like, quality over quantity, that is so true. Like, you will encounter people in your life who want to be your friend, who are, like, literally not good people, period. Yeah. You know? And I, I even though it might take a really long time to realize that, Once you do, it will bring you so much peace in being alone. And it's not even like, again, being alone is the uh, word that does not, it's not a bad thing. It's like, if you are alone with like two other girls who you know, like have your back thick and thin versus like having a friend group of seven people who you know is talking shit behind your back, you know is like bringing you down, you know is being passive aggressive, you know, just straight up aggressive. I think that's really, really important because having a big friend group is really really normalized i'm just like put that out there and also never getting in fights is really normalized and i think that's super unrealistic and once you just like recognize those people who like sometimes it's not even personal recognizing those people that you have around you who you just like really mesh with and you know who will like always support you through thick and thin like even if you're fighting even if something happens um i think it's just really important like as you get older to recognize those people in your life because i swear as you get older, you are just not going to have time for the shit. Like Cindy was yeah. saying, there are so many other more important things that you're going to have on your mind. 
over, oh my god, did Stephanie literally call my hair ugly? Like, in your friend group, like, that's just stupid. And just, like, what you require or, like, what you need out of friendships changes as you get older. And, mm-hmm. like, it's okay to outgrow people. It's okay for yeah. people to outgrow you. You can't, like, change or judge someone else's growth. And, like, sometimes you may not be included in what they need going forward. And, like, that might suck in the moment. But I think as you get distance from the situation, you'll get so much solace from it. Because mm-hmm. why, why would you be with someone who doesn't want you around? You I know? think as hard as it is to keep this mindset in the moment, sometimes it is less about, like, your personal self. And it's not really about, like, what kind of person you are, but just, like, that journey your friend has decided to take. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'd like to apologize for my voice being so nasally. <laughs> I'm having really bad allergies right now, and I feel like my face is like swelling into a ball. So I do <laughs> dearly apologize, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> Y'all, she just took a Dramamine, so wait. Benadryl. Simply not. Simply not. Yeah, Benadryl. I, the amount of times I've gotten Dramamine and Benadryl confused, like I at this moment, if you were like, which one is the allergy medication and which one is the motion sickness medication, I would not be able to tell you. Really, truly, truly, I wouldn't. Benadryl you just took a Benadryl. Yes. Okay, so that's allergy. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not gonna remember that. Um, but I think another aspect of like being alone versus lonely is with family, and I know that. 
uh, it's not only about being an only child, but it's just about like being close with your parents. Like I have always been, my parents have been the only constant in my life since I can remember. I don't have any long-term friends. I don't have any long-term romantic interests like that, that, that long-term. Um, so like I haven't, I met my boyfriend like in high school, if that makes sense. Like I didn't know him my whole life. That's what I mean by that. And she said, just in case he gets upset. Just in case. No, yeah, no. Bitches can't come at me for that. So I have been like very, very close, like best friends with both my mom and my dad, like forever. And they've been like, that's, that's just a great way to describe it. Like they are literally my parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're also my really, really good friends. I can confide in them with most of the things that I go through. And like, they've just always been a point of comfort and like a constant for me. And that was really important, especially because like physically I was never in the same place for more than two or three years. So with that, it was really hard to go to college and be on my own. And it is very weird paying for like all of my stuff. Like I'm sure like lots of kids just getting out of college can relate to. Um, like I do have to pay for my own bills and apartments and taxes and groceries and electric and ah, clothes and everything I have to pay for myself now, which I am fortunate enough where I can do. But at the same time, it not it, like there is a natural distance that has formed because of that and because of the fact that like we are growing and like becoming an adult. And when I went to college for my freshman year, that definitely did have an effect on me. And I made like a lot of bad decisions because I never had that kind of like rebellious phase in high school. No, I was the most innocent of goody two shoes. Oh God, literally? Grades were my life, school was my life. I didn't have my first kiss till senior year. Actually, my first kiss was technically in sophomore year because after homecoming, like our friends had a birthday party. This little kid came. A little bit inebriated by little I mean a lot with a lot of different mixture of things and no one's taking care of him and I was like let me be the good first things I didn't drink in high school so I took care of him he's literally vomiting outside like repeatedly like like 10 times a row he's just vomiting 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 mm. and I'm really feeding him bread so I was like what do you do with this do you like eat bread so I was, kept giving him bread Bread's good like bread or crackers yeah but it was bread soaked vomit because he kept vomiting like the bread out ew and then he looked at me and kissed me, and I was like, mm, no, 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 no. That wasn't the intention of the action. That was your first kiss? That was my first kiss. That no, was not. Lying. I literally started crying. I was like, <sighs> I was like, number one, ill. Number two, ugh, ill. Also, three, I never knew ew. that. You never knew that? No. I never told you that story. No. Guys, I'm literally sitting in yeah why would i why would i tell anyone about information voluntarily ew it was so nasty and i was like you're telling me i waited all this time for harry styles to come to fly to my house sweep me off my feet and kiss me so sweetly on my doorstep your name um with my blonde blonde messy bun and my blue orbers um yeah and that was technically my first kiss and we don't talk about her so technically, technically, my first willing first kiss <laughs> was um, senior year. Oh, was only eighteen years old. Wait, when was that? When was that first one? Like the first like sophomore one. Sophomore year. Oh my god. And like, there's a group of girls in my like bigger friend group because like my uh. friend group was like thirty people because we our school is super small and like we all knew each other like our whole lives. And like half of them were crazy, and the other half hadn't had their first kiss yet. And I was in that group, and I was like, Ugh, time for me to get out of this little group. Um, and so I did. I probably shouldn't have because. Ooh, that was a whole mess. That's the source of a lot of trauma. But um, oh. what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was not rebellious in high school at all. The most rebellious thing I did was like, I would hang out with my friends after like dances, like homecoming, prom, whatever. And my mom like was freaked out by me going to parties. So I tell her I met a sleepover. Technically, that wasn't true. But I told you, like, I'm like narcoleptic. 
I have 500 videos of me just asleep on the couch in my prom dress after every single dance because I would get there. I'd be so excited. I'd like, okay, I'm gonna lay down for like four seconds while everyone's like getting ready. And then I would just wake up the next morning. And I'd be like, did I miss the whole thing? Um, okay, my I first kiss. I sat on my friend's dog. Oh, yeah. And it happened to die a few weeks later. Probably unrelated, <laughs> you know? I took it out, I took it out. With my butt. <laughs> With my leg. With my butt. Um, my, my first kiss, I was 12 years old. Okay, You're I don't crazy claim. crazy for that. I don't claim this first one, but my first kiss was when I was 12 years old. And my mom helped me sneak out of the house to go to the park down the block. I'm sorry, Dad. Dad never knew about this. And we went to the park. And when he said goodbye to me, he kissed me. And it was a very quick peck. My first kiss was when... Oh, it was this man. I remember his name. I'm just saying. His name was Kenny. And he was in theater. Oh. And we were um, 13, 14. And we were playing, like, manhunt outside of this person's, like, like we were at a party, whatever. He was drinking. I wasn't drinking because I didn't drink at that time. And I hid, like, I hid in the shed, in the storage shed behind a barrel. And I, like, felt steamy. I was like, okay, not like that. Like, not weird. But I was like, something crazy about to happen right now. Humidity? And I'm psychic. No. Actually, yes, because it was summer. Yeah. And he came into the shed and hid. He hid with me, but he was, like, the manhunter. Like, he was trying to find everyone. He's like, I don't tell anybody I found you. And made out with me against the uh, shed wall. And I think I've never been so like in a fan fiction in my life before. It felt like a fan fiction. I still think that's one of the best kisses I've ever had, even though it was my first like make out like with tongue and everything. And I was like, ah, like that shit was awesome. Your town is weird. Y'all play a lot of games. Yeah. No, y'all still play games. Like they're like running down the plane, capture the flag. On the beach. Shore Viber. Literally. <laughs> that's a game in itself. You're an interesting, interesting town. I am interesting. I'm interesting. Yeah. I'm special. Your, 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 I'm your awesome. town's interesting. Yeah, today, Sarah, this girl. Three separate times and with it's like a 20 minute span. She was like, I'm beautiful. I look, so, I'm perfect. I look really good. I was like, okay. Sometimes to avoid feeling lonely. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, yeah. yeah I was like, bring back kidding. to the subject. <laughs> no, but I don't know how we got on the sub- subject of first kisses, but I think what you're talking about is, or at least I think my advice for like families going to college, it's always hard leaving your family, no matter if you're an only child, military brat, whatever. It doesn't even matter what your situation is. It is going to be hard leaving your family to go to college. And I think one thing that really helped me, honestly, was, like, distractions for, like, a first good part of it. Like, friends, television, media, like, all of that, classes, schoolwork, like, just, like, diving into things that I felt really passionate about and, like, really, really putting priority on what made me independent from my parents at college, I think really helped me kind of get through that, like, initial sadness and like that homesickness yeah. what helped you i wasn't homesick at all oh could not have well i'm also one of four kids mm-hmm. i've been independent like she independent my whole life but you're close with like your mom so. yeah i'm also always, i feel like i've always been independent because like i'm the lower middle child just because like i feel like i'm very much like i like my own company not in like a vain way but like i really like being alone mm-hmm. like you, you can ask sarah when i get in my mood I want to close my door and be by myself. Mm-hmm. And I need, I like, I'm very much an introverted extrovert where like I do like being social and I do like hanging out with people. But like, number one, I will Irish goodbye you to the ends of time and not care. Like if I want to go home, I'm going to go home. I don't care. I don't care who's upset. I, I'm going to go home because I want to mm-hmm. be alone, you know. And then two, I very, very, very much need and value my alone time. So like, I, as much as I love going out, there are so many days where like I would rather be by myself in my room and like watching Love Island and I will not feel any FOMO whatsoever. Because, like, I value that alone time because it allows me to, like, recharge, you know? 
I think it's just because, like, I work a lot, and, like, I spend so much time studying and all those stupid, whatever, that, not stupid, whatever, um, mm-hmm. that I need time to just, like, have no thoughts and, like, be by myself. That's a lot of, like, processing, so, like, I would say I'm extroverted, but I so much freaking value my alone time. I don't know how I got on that topic, but yeah. Well, no, I asked you about it. I think like being, that's what being an introvert is. It's not like liking being alone better than liking being with people, but it's like what brings you energy, if that makes sense. Like what makes you, re- yeah. where do you recharge? Like sometimes I recharge with friends. Sometimes I recharge by myself. So I think I'm an introverted extrovert. I was about to say, do you think you're an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert? Two Intro- very different introverted things. Introverted extrovert. Like yeah. I thrive off social situations, but I also... Ooh, I love me some Sydney time. That's also, you're girl. so good with people too. Like, you know how to like navigate social situations. Like, so good. If that makes sense. That's like one thing is like social cues and like social cues don't come naturally to some people, and I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, how do we learn social cues? Or like, how do we like learn to read people? Or how do we like learn body language? Like, is that environmental thing? Is it something we're taught and like mm. somehow, or do we just like see it and know it? I think it is very environmental because. I know, like, okay, I'm not the smartest bitch on the block. I'm not gonna, like, go have a career in STEM. I'm not gonna be, like, a multi-millionaire dollar technology business woman, whatever. But one thing I will say about myself is that I am really good at reading social situations and, like, social cues. If I wasn't, I would not have the jobs that I am right now and I wouldn't be as successful as I am, like, just coming out of college. And I will brag about that a little bit. So, I don't know. For me, I feel like it was very environmental, but it was also a means of, like, survival not in the way where it's like life or death but survival in the way where it's like i have to have friends (laughs) because um of my childhood and like i was moving around so much it i like had to navigate social situations or else i would be just like hanging out with my parents constantly you're very much an extrovert you're an extrovert extrovert Mm -hmm. i'm a definition of that extrovert (laughs) yeah like ain't no introvert about it not at all no uh in the way where it's like i had to teach myself how to be okay being alone you know, which I think like that's okay, that's valid. Obviously, like I do it, but being being alone doesn't come naturally to me. It, like it takes work for me to not have FOMO, to not be like, oh my god. You do get FOMO. It's so funny. Uh, no, I know, and I think I'm never not gonna have FOMO, but I think it's like dealing with that FOMO because uh, like if you don't like, experience gr- FOMO, that's great, but like I do, and yeah. like it, I think it's just like dealing with that. My like it, it's it's finding a way to be okay with um, like recognizing that I feel like. Oh, I should be out there talking. Oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I should be at this event. Blah, 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 blah. I should be on this date, whatever. But I think it's like being okay uh, with recognizing that I have those feelings and also knowing how to deal with them. Because those feelings are never going to go away. That's just who I am. It's just so cute. I've been going to a grocery store. She's like, I miss you. I'm like, yeah. girl, I'm down the street. <laughs> no, like, I'll be at my parents' house for like three days and I'll text Andy. I'll be like, hey. She's like, what are you doing? Hey, what's, what's up? Hey. <laughs> yeah. I do think I've gotten better though for sure, like since high school. I do have like a very anxious attachment style. Um, with like friends and family in particular, I think a lot of so nasally. I love Love Island right now, guys. I'm watching two seasons concurrently, and I'll be like, "Wait, did this already happen in real life?" I have to keep asking myself that. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's all I had to say. <laughs> Men are so dumb. Um, I love how that was. The, yeah, but no, men, I've they learned, are. <laughs> I've learned so much about the male brain from watching yeah. Love Island, and it's so concerning. Like they will literally all be at Casa Amor, which is like when you have like your test halfway through the show, where they bring in like six new girls. They'd be like, "Oh, let's cheat," and they cheat, and they're like, oh, "Yeah, I don't know why they're mad." And I'm like, "Because you cheated." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, I just don't get it though. I'm not gonna apologize though, because I can't apologize because I mean I I don't believe in myself." And I'm like, "How do you think?" 
on a daily basis. If you're one of our male listeners, we love you and we don't think you're stupid. Automatically, you are in the VIP section, period. But most men, especially in Love Island, like if you're a man, please go watch Love Island. Oh my God, if you haven't already. It is so bad. They're literally, they literally... It's like they haven't watched the show before. They'll go to Casa Amor, they'll cheat, they'll sleep with other women in their own bed, and they'll get back to the other apartment, to the other house, and like the photos of them cheating will be sent to their girlfriends in the other house, and they'll be like, oh my god, I had no idea this would happen. (sighs) It's like you're doing it for the attention. It's so stupid. Love Island is top tier reality TV. Literally. It cures depression. It's been scientifically Literally. No, it literally brings me so much joy. So we only have about a few minutes left in the episode and we do really want to get into like tips on how we deal with being alone, like specific things that we do. And I think Sydney should take it away because she is that bitch. She is that introverted extrovert and I feel like you would have really top tier advice on how to deal with it. Um, It's honestly learning to enjoy spending time by yourself is such a big thing for me. Like whether it's reading or watching Love Island or just like listening to music, Spending time with myself and not feeling guilty for not being with other people or not whatever. Like, learning to love being alone in terms of, like, literally physically, like, being by myself. Like, either it's in my room or, like, going on a walk. Like, I love going on walks for myself listening to music. I love reading a book and, like, curling up next to the window and reading. I love watching the violin, like, a whole season at a time. Like, having those moments where I can, like, actually be by myself and enjoy it is so important because that's how I learned to build a relationship with myself or like learn to enjoy time with myself and all of that is just inching towards having more self-worth or like being okay like being by yourself because you realize that like I can have fun I can be okay I can't feel worthy and valued without having someone time to reassure that for me or like remind me of that because you know? the only person who can really truly do that is like yourself is yourself yeah um one thing I really had to learn is that being alone doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow the steps and this is very specific to me, but I feel like a lot of people have this anxiety. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow the steps of those influencers on TikTok where it's like you have to have your crystals and journal and meditate and just like stare at the ceiling listening to relaxing rainforest music um, by yourself in your room. Like for me, being alone is very like I'm watching Housewives, Game of Thrones. I'm listening to music. I'm actively doing things. I'm FaceTiming my boyfriend because I am still like physically alone when I do that, even though like I'm not socially alone, which for me is a big step because of how extroverted I am. Like it does feel like I'm alone even when I do that. I feel connected with him, but I am very, very aware of the fact that I'm physically alone and I like to cook when I'm alone. I like to clean when I'm alone. I I love cleaning by myself and... I like to do makeup by myself. I take like, Sydney, Sydney will tell you. I take two hours by myself in my room doing my makeup. And I love doing makeup with my friends like in a group setting. But I also love doing that alone. Like that's an activity I love doing. I love working alone. Like I, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be kind of like that it girl, clean girl aesthetic where you're alone. And you're like, oh my God, let me write my journal about every single thing that I'm thankful for. That doesn't work for me. You know, it might work for you, which is great. And I really greatly admire you. But that's just not the person I am. And, like, I'm okay with that. I have to... I I do like to do things. But that that shouldn't be invalidated. That's just, like, how I cope with being alone, like, as as the personality type that I have. It's honestly... It's, like, not an overnight thing. It's... Mm -hmm. 
taking like actual steps to invest in your health, whether that's like working out, joining a club, not like a like a workout club, like Pilates or whatever, like going on hot girl walks or reading a book by yourself or like going to get your nails done, your hair done, things that like invest in yourself, make you feel better or make you feel like, I don't know, happy. Like all those things are reaching towards having more like self-love. And that's the basis of having worth or feeling okay alone because you get your happiness from yourself, not from others. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is that I feel like there is an unhealthy way of being alone, which isn't necessarily feeling lonely. It is just like being alone, feeling really sad the whole time, like letting your thoughts travel to like some really dark place. And I think with Cindy Nye's advice is we're just telling you how like we can feel happy and yeah, like what we do personally, not we're not therapists, right? And so we're just sharing our own personal experience. This is not like a itinerary that you have to follow, like. Cooking might make you feel miserable. You might be, like, the worst cook on the planet. You might not like Love Island. Like, I don't really know. If you don't, (laughs) goodbye. Just log off right now. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. We are just sharing our unique experiences as two very different personality types. And, yeah, that's it. That's all our wise advice we have to give you. We hope you liked it. All right, you guys. This was a a very insightful episode. Um, I hope you got something. Your thumb is so scary, bro. How do you hold it like that? You always hold it like this. Okay, I'm a huge gesticulator when I talk, and it freaks me out. She gesticulates like I would gesticulate a girl on Disney Channel. Like she... <laughs> voguing in the, in the streets. Voguing in the streets. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to go pack for our Paris trip now. We love you. Please, uh, if you if you want, if you feel like it, if the spirit moves you, I say that a lot, but it's true. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Crying in Public Podcast. And you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. We love you, bitches. Bye. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.